joy, peace, tranquility, vibrancy, and wellness. Isn't this what you want instead of constant stress? That's what host Rochelle Lawson is going to help you with on Blissful Living. There are many ways to reduce stress, some you may not even know about. Doesn't a little peace and tranquility sound like just what you've been looking for? Relax for a few minutes with Rochelle. She's the queen of feeling fabulous. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Blissful Living. This is Rochelle Marie Lawson, the queen of feeling fabulous, your host, extraordinaire for today's a wonderful show and I want to ask you just a question to pique your curiosity about my guest expert today. Have you ever thought about your brain? Not in the capacity of yeah you have one but in the capacity of what you can do to expand what your brain can do for you and you not even know that you're doing this. I know it sounds kind of weird, but today's guest expert is going to talk to you about your brain, but also um, the fact that stress, which I say is the number one killer in America, in the world today that we discount because we don't realize that it's not like um, cancer or cardiac disease or anything like that. It's like this silent killer, but it precipitates all of those diseases before they manifest. Did you know that stress could be killing you? And did you know that you could correct it by just getting some tools and tips and things that can change your brain around so that you do not allow stress to kill you. Let me tell you what I have in store for you today. My guest today is called Julie Brain Lady Anderson, and she is considered to be one of the nation's top experts on brain personality connection. Now, Julie is a public speaker, business, she's in business, she's a communications expert, a relationship consultant, she's a published author. But what's more important behind all her beautiful, wonderful accolades is that um, for 16 years, she's been using the science behind psychology to ignite entrepreneurs and women to fire up their brains. The information she shares will assist you in accelerating your success in your life, relationships, career, and business. And her background includes natural health, psychology, human resource development, psychonumeroimmunology, courses in depression, anxiety disorder, stress management, brain function, personality types, brain health, and the brain personality connection. Now, if that has not piqued your curiosity, stay tuned because I guarantee you that Julie, the brain lady, Anderson, is going to share with you some words of wisdom that you will be able to take away from today's show and use immediately in your life to help change things around. But before we really get into a um, conversation with Julie, let me just thank our sponsors, the Health Healing and Wellness Company. Have some wonderful, wonderful ways to help you be healthy and well holistically and naturally that takes care of your mind, body, and spirituality. Um, You can check them out at healthhealingwellness.com. 
also All Day Cable telecommunications installation company that's been around for over 26 years, helping companies like yours and mine to have their telecom and the telecommunications, the backbone of how we communicate today to operate effectively, efficiently, and their model is that they make the right connections the first time, which is very, very important in today's world. So let's just peek into the brain of the brain lady as she shares her words of wisdom with us. Welcome to the show, Julie Brain Lady Anderson. How are you? I am doing great, and I am so looking forward to this conversation with you, Rochelle. Thank you so much for having me on. You are very welcome. You know, um, me being the holistic practitioner, nurse extraordinaire, queen of feeling fabulous, um, I always like to bring guests to the show so that the listeners can learn things that they may take for granted or they may not know that's going to help them to move forward in their life with less stress, ease, um, as they travel down their path to bliss. And so anything that I can do to help people out there to feel better, be better, look better, and stand in their power and their true uniqueness and own what they have to give to the world, I'm all about. And so I'm really excited because I don't think I've ever had a guest on the show that um, really talks about, you know, our brain, let alone not only that, but um, – how stress could be affecting us in the process of utilizing our brain to the fullest. So it, it's just it's just an honor and um, a pleasure to have you. And I know the listeners are going to enjoy everything you have to say. So listeners, this is a great time. If you can, sit down, relax for this time period. Grab a piece of paper, a pen, get your favorite beverage, whatever that may be, and just take this moment out of your day to really engage and absorb the information that Julie is going to share with us. Because I guarantee you, you're going to learn not maybe one, not maybe two, but many, many things that you can take away from today's show that's going to help you. In addition, she's going to be sharing you words of wisdom and nuggets of gold that you can hold on to for the rest of your life as you move forward down your path to bliss. So I'm just going to jump in and Julie, and, you know, first of all, tell me why you are known as the brain lady. How did that come about? <laughs> well, it came about because I'm pretty much obsessed. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, it's it's an addiction, an honest addiction. I, I tell people what, what when they ask me, what do you do for fun, you know, to relax? I'm like, I read books on neuroscience. Um, so it just, I I started learning about the brain about two decades, over two decades ago, and I became beyond fascinated, and since then I have just devoured any and all information, not necessarily on how the brain is, you know, how we deal with traumatic brain injuries or or brain disorders, uh, but rather how, what the information coming out on the brain, how that we can use that to understand ourselves more and to improve our life and our well-being, and that just fascinated me that science, could support theory, and it was it was just like wow. So I became the brain lady, and people started. I'd go out networking, and they'd go, "Oh yeah, what's your name? You're that brain lady, right?" <laughs> so it just kind of stuck. <laughs> 
perfect. You know, sometimes it's like, you know, you don't know what to call yourself other than, you know, your God-given name that your parents gave you. But when you start talking about what you do or your specialty um, or just how you stand in your presence and your essence, it's amazing how, like you said, people would be like, oh, you're the brain lady or, you know, because they knew that's what your forte is and it just kind of sticks and it fits because essentially that's, you know, that's what you are and that's who you are and that's your gift to us. So um, own that, girl. Own being the brain lady. (laughs) I love it. Okay, so when I think of the picture, there's a picture in my mind of the brain lady is a brain and she's got on heels. She's got this cute little figure like you have, you know. She's got the, her, the brain has lips, and she's got pretty lipstick on, and she's just strutting across whatever, all in that she is the brain lady. It's so cute. I, I wish I was like a graphic artist or had some artistic creativity because I would definitely draw that and send it to you. But I put it out there. So if someone's out there listening, you can create that for Julie and send it to her. Please do. I'm sure she would enjoy it. And, uh, of course, as always, we're going to tell you how you can connect with Julie um, later in the show. But right now, let's get into some of the the nuts and brains. Now, you know, you said that you would read a lot of books about the neuroscience of basically the physiology of the brain. And, you know, that seems like, you know, real heavy, heavy stuff to do um, as you're, you know, reading for enjoyment. But what did you find – when you first started indulging in that arena um, that was most addicting to you that made you want to go back and learn more and make this your area of expertise? Well, it really it was about – now it's pushing on about 21, 22 years ago. I was uh, studying in the field of natural health because I was just fascinated with the body's ability to heal itself when you gave it the tools to do it. And one of the courses that was required was for, for that um, study was psychoneuroimmunology. And it's this big, long word that really is just understanding the connection between the thought process in our mind, how that affects the neurochemistry in our brain, and then in turn affects our immune system. Mm-hmm. And when I was able to read study after study after study, which, by the way, I I don't get any kickbacks from selling this book, but if you want an awesome book to read, read Head First by Norman Cousins. It is hmm. the one that just totally opened my mind about the, how that they could scientifically prove that if I'm thinking a bunch of negative thoughts, my brain is responding in such a way that it's reducing the white blood cells in my body. That's powerful. That mm-hmm. is powerful. And the opposite is true. That's the, that's the best part of the message is that if you are thinking positive thoughts and you are constantly putting out that positive energy, then your brain is going to respond by encouraging the immune system to produce and work more effectively. So that was the thing that just started me. I was like, wow, science can prove this, can prove how your, that your thought process is going to affect your physical health. And, and that was what really turned, turned me into a course of studying the brain, was understanding the science behind the psychology of our physical health. Wow. You know, as a, a healthcare professional, I've seen, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And as a holistic nurse practitioner, I totally agree with you with regards to, you know, what's in your mind will manifest in your body, whether it's good, 
or bad. And uh-huh. there's a lot of talk these days about, you know, positivity and positive energy and how when you have those positive thoughts, um, you don't even know it, but it transcends down into your body and your body responds very well to the positive thoughts that you have. And thus your immune system becomes enhanced. On the other flip side, when you have negative thoughts and you're, you know, negative begets negative. It's like this huge magnet. The more negative thoughts you have, the more negativity you attract into your life. And that in turn also affects your body and is a real immune system deflator or immune system buster. And so over the course of my years as a healthcare professional, I've seen both sides of that. I've seen people that have cancer that have positive thoughts and positivity and was told that they had this terminal illness that was going to basically end their lives, and they kept it positive and miraculously they were healed. And then, you know, on the flip side, I've had people, I've literally watched people in my family have a diagnosis and they took the negative aspect of that diagnosis and um, it really became debilitating for them and, you know, really changed them from being in a positive state of health to a negative state of health when really their diagnosis was not that serious. But because of the thoughts they had in their head, they made it even more uh, challenging and more of a challenge than it really needed to be. So it's interesting that you share that information with us. And in the book, Head First by Norman Cousins, I'm going to get that and, you know, and check it out because I'm always in the arena of wanting to learn and grow um, and, and feel the best that I could be in any information that I can get that I could pass on to help others. Probably one of the reasons I do this show, um, I think, is my gift to the world. And so um, thank you for sharing that information with us. Now, with regards to, you know, I just touched on the subject of um, how our thoughts can uh, manifest in our bodies, whether good or bad, and really take havoc on our immune system. And the thought processes do start in our brain. Um, Have you personally seen any uh, effects with regards to um, stress? Because I really want to dive into stress because I think people, when you mention stress to people, they blow you off. They're, oh, yeah, mm, uh uh-huh, yeah. Or, no, I'm not stressed. Or, you know what I'm saying, they discount it, and you're looking at this person on their phone texting and, you know, can't, and they're trying to juggle so much. And you can look and tell. I personally, I know I can't look and tell that person and tell whether they're in a stressful state or they're in a blissful state. It's so easy. But when Uh you talk to people about it, they just, you know, they blow it off. So can you share some of... um, your experiences with regards to um, the effects of stress and um, and how that, you know, where it begins in the brain and, and why people are so apt to discount that they are in a stressful state. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, it is, um, it, it, stress becomes such, it has become, I should say, not that it always was, but it has become something in this time of life in living right now in the world, that it is such a, a, a nor, almost quote-unquote normal thing. Stress is not normal, but it is something that it, everyone experiences from the minute they wake up into the mor- in the morning to the time they go to bed at night, that they just look at it as this, this is just part of life. This is just the way that life is. I'm going to be stressed about bills. I'm going to be stressed about work. I'm going to be stressed about kids. I'm going to be stressed about parents. I'm going to be stressed, stressed about my relationships. You know, it just, it becomes so automated in our life that oftentimes people fail to realize 
just how stressed out they are and just how much that is affecting their quality of life. Because when you look at it, stress doesn't just affect your emotions. It's, that's the first thing it does is it affects your positive or negative view of life. If you are overly stressed, it is really hard to keep a positive outlook on everything that's going on around you. It makes it more and more difficult. And so people become chronically negative or chronically stressed out. And like I said, it becomes so much a part of their day-to-day routine that they don't realize the true effect that it's having on their body. But what it winds up doing internally is horrible damage. Short term, you know, you've got all of this increase in cortisol that takes place that can cause you all kinds of problems, everything from gaining weight to not sleeping well um, to, you know, just digestive, all kinds of digestive issues. And it takes that at the, you know, which is bad enough. But then when it's chronic, when it becomes long term and you're not managing the stress in your life, you are actually beginning to cause damage to your brain. Certain portions of your brain, like the hippocampus, the, the hippocampus is critical for memory. And mm. they show, they have been able to scan in the brains of individuals who are chronically stressed a, and a premature shrinkage and aging of the brain in that area and other critical areas. So you're mm. actually damaging your brain. And at the very worst... They did an amazing study out here um, in Berkeley, in California, and at the UC Berkeley, and it was connected to the chronic stress that women were under caretakers of developmentally disabled children and how their, the actual telomeres that – now, the telomeres are at the end of your DNA strand, so they're mm-hmm. this, this sheath that, like, protects – the edges of your DNA. So when the DNA duplicates throughout your body as you go, as your cells duplicate, the DNA is protected. Well, as you age, there's just this natural degeneration of the, of the edge of the telomeres. The problem is with chronic stress, these telomeres decrease at a much greater rate, up to four times as fast as normal. So we're talking, you're taking 100 years and you're compressing it and you're making those DNA strands die much faster or the telomeres degenerate much faster, four times as much. You're talking 25 years. You know, you're cutting a huge amount of your life out by damaging your cells and then your cells don't duplicate correctly and that's when all of your chronic diseases come on. So stress is very serious if you're not managing it well. And there are great ways to manage it, but if you're not managing it well, if you're just living your life day to day, figuring that, oh, this is just life, this is just the normal stresses of life, and I just have to learn to manage it, you're thinking you have the wrong mindset because you're doing, you're allowing the stress to damage your body on a, all the way down to a cellular level. And that, that can be quite frightening. You know, it's very, you know, very interesting. You shared some really insightful information um, with regards to the hippocampus and telomeres because I've noticed myself that there's been a little bit more talk about the hippocampus. And again, you guys, the hippocampus is an area in your brain. Go ahead, because I know you're all out there like, what the heck is that? Go ahead and Google it. 
and just and see what comes up with regards to information about the hippocampus. And, you know, Julie, you know, sharing words of wisdom, she took it a little bit further and said how, you know, because that's a part of your brain and it has some effect on your telomeres, which are the things at the end of your, say, DNA that protects your DNA, the more stress you have, the more you deplete your telomeres. And when you're living in a chronic stress state, you can literally, literally deplete your telomeres where it actually cuts your life short. Now, you know, you also touched on a point, Julie, with regards to, um, you know, people wake up and they're just like, they're ready to jump in and they went to bed stressed and they sleep in stress and they wake up stressed and they go stressed throughout the whole day. But I think, can you share some information with regards to, I like to call them the hidden stresses and mainly the number one thing that I think that attributes to so much stress in our life today, because I know when you and I were growing up, we didn't have this stuff around, is the technology that we have available to us, the need to be on our cell phones and computers and not take a, a break away from anything, even though that's the way life operates today. Can you touch on how all of that is affecting not only um, our body physically, but our brain in that area of the hippocampus within our brain that um, creates havoc, you know, for for us as we as we travel down our path to bliss. Oh yeah, absolutely! It's amazing the studies because in the last decade we have become such an internet based society, especially in you know, of course, your developed nations, but it is. It, it, just like you said, it's like, and I find myself doing this too. I gotta admit, I gotta, I gotta check myself on this all the time. You know, we we run businesses or we go to work, and it is everything's based on the internet. And we check our Facebook or our social media or our Instagram or whatever um, first thing in the morning, and then we check it throughout the day. And when we're out on lunch or on breaks, we're checking that. Um, or we spend hours at a time, you know, connected to these social media outlets. <laughs> and a lot of it, it's it's ridiculous how quickly time, like I said, I'm guilty. There will be times I'll be looking at the clock going, holy moly, what did I just do? Yeah. Um, you know, because time gets away from you that way. But it is, it's creating a lot of different problems. It's creating a misunderstanding of deep internal friendships. Okay, so your happiness, your some of some of your happiness comes from um, these wonderful emotional connections that we have with truly, truly good companions in our life. Whether that is our spouse or our significant other, or it is you know the close relationships, the close friends that we have. And this is especially important for women. It is it is something women's their brains are much more relational. Uh, that's just the way they're wired, so they have to have those emotional connections with their girlfriends, so to speak. And when you have social media, it creates a false sense of connectedness, and therefore there's not as much deep emotional satisfaction in the brain, so it becomes more of an addiction. So it's almost like your brain's going, your brain stresses out, when it doesn't get enough attention on that. You know, oh, my goodness, I didn't get as many likes. And so what's wrong? Why aren't these people paying attention to me? Or the just the, just the stress and anxiety of constantly having to be connected and the frustration in the brain when you can't be connected. It, it sounds weird, but when they're actually scanning the brain, 
doing so this is what a lot of my work is based on is I don't particularly I don't individually scan the brains but I base it off of the findings of these neuroscientists that do scan the brains the anxiety that is caused from not being able to connect sets off in the amygdala which is another portion of the brain very important look it up <laughs> um that that is it, the fear response center in the brain, and that creates a whole mess of you know corticosteroid transmission in your body when you're stressed out. Um, so it kicks in when you're not feeling connected, and it becomes social media is becoming like an addiction, and acting the same way as producing these artificial, um, inducing the brain to produce the dopamine in a way that that is artificially induced as opposed to something that is naturally induced. So there's a lot a whole lot of mess that's coming coming mm. out of the stresses that are being caused from um this connection to technology as well as the instant gratification that comes from technology. Mm. We don't take the time to connect and truly relax and genuinely um you know, just just enjoy moments longer because everything is so much faster. And that in itself also creates stress in the brain. You know, it's funny you say that because, you know, the human one-on-one interpersonal or, you know, um, when we were growing up, um, the communication and you know, I want to say touchy-feely stuff that we had with our friends. It was human contact. We spoke to each other. We looked at each other. We saw each other. You know, you got the endorphins and all that kind of stuff when you hung out with your friends and just had a really good time. Today I see families at dinner on their phone. It could be four, five, you know, mom and dad and the kids, and they're all with their phones out texting. There's no communication within the family. You're at dinner. You're at a dinner at a restaurant. Why in the heck do you need your phone, right? Um, right. But you see it all the time. And and I also want you just to, you know, touch on the fact, you know, I mean, you did with regards to social media, the immediate gratification, but the immediate is stressed with trying to get that gratification to see who's doing what, who, what's the latest thing, who's posting on Snapchat, blah, 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 blah. And then the pings and the tings and the dings and all this stuff, and you feel compelled, as you can tell, like I'm getting all riled up, but you feel compelled that every time your phone dings, tings, pings, you feel compelled to pick up your phone to look and see because you might be missing something. And if you don't do it, the stress behind that, because it will continue to ding and ping and stuff until you basically acknowledge it, um, right. creates this stress within us. But I also would love for you to talk about the children of today and how they are in such a stressed state behind the utilization of all this technology, um, for one, that the parents don't even recognize it, and kids don't know what stress is. I mean, I, I, you know, growing up, I was stressed, didn't know what that was until I got grown. But can you touch on that just a little bit? Because I know there are parents out there, and I think parents really need to hear this information, even if it's just planting a seed, if you're planting a seed in, in their brains to, you know, spring forth. Um, I think parents really need to hear this information because they are also in denial. And I go back to the story that I just shared with a family at a restaurant at dinner and the parents are on their phone and the kids are on their phone. There's no communication. There's no engagement. There's no family time. Can you just talk a little bit about that? 
Absolutely. Um, I work with parents a lot. I have a lot of parenting programs. And one of the things that I I try to help parents understand first and foremost is the growth of the developing brain. So you and I as adults, our brains are, you know, they're done growing, so to speak. Not that we can't create new neural pathways or even grow new neurons based on how active we keep our brain, but in essence, the development of all of the portions of our brain are completed. This is not the same for developing children. Um, you have different growth stages, and then, of course, you have the most notable change that happens at puberty that changes and alters the brain. But different things that our kids are exposed to at different stages of their life will dictate how some of those deep-seated wiring is set in place. So when a child, especially, even more so than a, than a teenager, teenager, it's more psychological, whereas your younger children, it's actual wiring that gets put in place. The things that are not used, portions of the brain that are not used are pruned out, and other portions that are used are given the extra neural, you know, the extra neural stuff to help them grow. So when a child, um, up before puberty, when they are going through making connections via the Internet, um, via the social media, it's, it's not allowing the brain to develop the strong pathways of what good relationships are built on. Because a good relationship isn't built on a text. It's built on sitting and playing in the dirt. It's built on, you know, pretending and, and, you know, imagination and interacting and doing all of that physical work because phys physical activity helps growth in the brain, especially during those stages. So when, when we were young and we were out riding our bikes and climbing hills, I played, I was a total tomboy playing in the dirt with my little animals, with my girlfriend, <laughs> and we were, you know, pretending we lived in a jungle and we were these animals. That is what grows deep, healthy neural connections in the brain. But now you've got this situation where it's, it's like it's two-dimensional versus three-dimensional. Social media is just this superficial thing, and it's not allowing the brain to develop a healthy understanding of interaction and interpersonal relationships because it's just two-dimensional. It's not three-dimensional. It's not that deep interaction. And then you start getting into the psychology of what happens to our teenagers um, mm -hmm. because the teenage brain is so – once those hormones start messing with it up, oh, let me tell you, I don't know how <laughs> any of us – I don't know how any of us survive past 23. It's just incredible, right, because those 10 years or so from when, onset of puberty to when you actually have a prefrontal cortex um, – Everything, those hormones just flux and flow, and they, they mess so much up. And psychologically, you start to rely on, our teenagers start to rely on um, the acceptance. Uh, we've always relied on the acceptance of people in our, you know, in our circles, in our friendships. That's what helps to build a healthy self-esteem. But when you start moving it into, into what psychologically is happening to our kids when they're looking at the the response or lack of response on something that they posted or the peer pressure to post things that are improper. These are things that we're disconnected emotionally to in terms of the reality 
you know, we're not going to go walk into the street buck naked, right? Right. But but you might. Some of us teenage, might. No, I'm kidding. Right, right. <laughs> For the most part, a teenager wouldn't do that. However, a teenager might be put under a lot of peer pressure to post an improper um, post on social media because it's disconnected. There's a certain disconnect from reality there. Right. And so it, it just starts, there's just so many psychological issues that come from the lack of true connections via social media that the brain of a teenager thinks are real. You know, they think that it's real. They think that if, if I, I'm going to be super popular if, if I get a bunch of likes. And yet right. most of those people might not even recognize you if you walk down the street. And this is where the parental training has to come into play. And parents, you know, providing your kids with real get-togethers, real situations where they're interacting in a real way with real people is going to make such a difference in the psychological development of their brains. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing that because I think a lot of parents um, nowadays utilize uh, technology, you know, the smartphones and stuff, or iPads or whatever, as a source of babysitting. I mean, I see little kids with a cell phone, and I'm thinking, why do you need a cell phone at five years old? Okay, mm-hmm. um, it, There's absolutely no rhyme or reason for it, and basically I see the parent utilizing that as a way to babysit the kid, to keep the kid entertained. So, again, there's that lack of connection with the parent, the interaction and the engagement with the parent. Um it just blows my mind. I mean, I have five grandkids, and my one of my my um, sons, you know, is like, oh, I'm gonna buy one of the granddaughters uh, who's six. She'll be seven, an iPad. And I said, well, why does she need an iPad at seven? You know, my uh-huh. whole thing is you need to be engaging with her and communicating with her and talking to her and teaching her and physically having interaction with her, yeah. not sitting her on an iPad that she's gonna share with her four year old brother. And they go off and never, never land, and you go off and do whatever. I go, did we do that to you as parents? No, we actually engaged. We made you go outside and play and, you know, all that good stuff. But um, it just just scares me because I think society and the way people are thinking um, with regards to technology for children is not necessarily a good thing. How about just getting a good old-fashioned book at the library and reading to your kids versus having them watch a video on the smartphone? You know, just stuff like that. And I don't think parents realize that you're creating, you're setting the kids up for a huge amount of stress, um, a huge amount of health problems in the future, and a huge, huge deflation or depletion of their immune system um, that you don't even realize. So thank you, thank you, thank you for for sharing that. Now, I want to go back to one thing with regards to stress and the brain. And um, I want to ask you, um, can stress or does stress cause depression and anxiety? Now, I know we're not physicians and, you know, we're not psychiatrists or psychologists, but um, I know that you're an expert in this area. And so, you know, I'm sure you come across people that have, you know, anxiety issues and depression issues. And when you communicate with them, you realize that they have you realize that they have this huge amount of stress um, within within them. So can you just share with us, um, Julie, um, 
how this might be precipitating or um, hampering their uh, anxiety and depression issues? Julie? Well, okay, this is a perfect time. We'll we'll come back to that in just a minute. This is a perfect time for us to engage in some information um, with regards to some things that we have available here to help all of you um, to move from feeling funky, stressed, depressed, anxious, or worried to feeling absolutely fabulous. And I want to share with you, we have um, a site that you can go to called... Uh, um, gift pack, uh, FabFitWell gift pack. Go to FabFitWell.com and um, pick up your gift pack for absolutely feeling fabulous, fit, and well. Julie. Yes. Okay. Sorry about so that. I, I have no idea what happened. <laughs> yeah, I don't either, but no worries. I just roll, we just roll with it. Um, so um, can you just share with the listeners with regards to um, stress um, and how it can curtail or really hamper depression and anxiety? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So everything about everything about who we are, from head to toe, internal and external, is intricately connected. And one thing always affects another, and it can either affect it in a positive way or a negative way. So when you have a bent towards or um, – possibly are feeling stress that is causing you depression, like why, you know, why can't I juggle all of these, um, you know, all of these things that I've got to juggle, or just waking up in the morning and because you're exhausted, you become depressed. Uh, stress has a huge effect on that because it becomes this kind of catch-22 that winds up feeding itself. So depression feeds stress makes you more stressed because you're depressed, and because you're stressed more, you create even more depression in your life. So it becomes, then it starts to become this psychological pattern of thinking. And remember, psychoneuroimmunology, every single thing you think in your mind is going to have and cause a chemical reaction in your brain. So then you start getting an imbalance of the naturally produced neurotransmitters such as dopamine, serotonin, norepinephrine. And when all of these neurotransmitters start to get messed up in terms of the balance, it in turn increases the depression and increases the the negative chemical responses within your brain. So they're very intricately connected. But what's great about it is the positive things that you can do to work with with depression and anxiety are also positive things that build the immune system. So you can put in place things that now now mind you, like like you said, Rochelle, we're not I'm not diagnosing. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of people who who physically have a chemical imbalance in their brain that needs to be assisted by either um, natural therapy or in, you know, in some cases, even medical therapy. I don't want everybody to say, okay, all I have to do is breathe deep and then I can drop all my medications. Please do not do that. Please talk (laughs) with your physician, right? Yes, Um, I agree. But there there are definitely things that we can physically and mentally do that will help to reduce our stress and anxiety, and as a natural course of events, it will create a positive um, neurochemical reaction in your brain 
adjust those neurotransmitters in the positive, and then you'll feel better. Love it, love it. And this is a great segue into um, here's before we move into how people can utilize some of the tools that you have and you want to share nuggets of gold. Um, someone out there listening may be thinking, oh, they're just talking and that doesn't apply to me or I don't, I'm not stressed or, you know, like I said, it's a huge, we have a huge denial behind um, being in a stressful state. What are some warning signs a person can watch for that indicates that they may be under too much stress and they need to make a change? Uh, some of them are physical, like obviously being more fatigued, uh, not sleeping as well. Uh, taking longer to fall asleep, taking longer to just for your body, for your physical body to relax and get into sleep, um, having that more disturbed sleep where you're waking up more often, you're not really spending that much time in the deep REM sleep, which is critical for physical and brain health, um, feeling shorter, having like a shorter temper temper, a shorter fuse, like little things that used to just roll off your back or you could just roll with, um, you know, you, you find that you're not, they just irritate you so much more now. Uh, having situations that, you know, maybe you just realize, I haven't smiled today, I haven't laughed today. And if, if you're not sure, if you're not really that in tune because you are so stressed out and so busy, Keep a journal for a few days. You don't have to keep mm. a journal for, for months, but just just say, okay, this week I'm going to keep a journal of not just, you know, what I'm eating or my physical activity, but I'm going to keep a journal. I'm going to check in every hour for just a couple minutes and write down what are my feelings? What do I feel right now? How do my shoulders feel? You know, a lot of people don't realize how much tension they should, you know, they carry on their shoulders. Just literally stopping right this minute and going, where are my shoulders at? Are my shoulders relaxed or are they like tense up to my ears? You know, mm -hmm. just little things like that that we become so used to in our day-to-day -day life. Um, you know, am I having more headaches? You know, because mm -hmm. of tension in my body. What's my body trying to tell me. One of the biggest um, things that I talk about, too, is knowing where you're at on the introversion, extroversion scale in terms of your personality. So our brain, again, back to this amygdala, what happens when the amygdala senses a danger or too much stress out in front of you physically or mentally the amygdala kicks in gear and says, danger, I'm going to pull you in. It sends a message to the reticular activating system in the brain. It says, I'm going to pull you in and I'm going to make you more introverted because <clears throat> you have to stop and take care of this situation that you're being faced with. And mm. most of the time, this all takes place on a subconscious level. So the only way you can recognize it is to, is to stop and think, am I turning down more... Um, you know, did, did did my coworker say, "Hey, let's take a break and go grab a cup of coffee together?" And I said, "No, you know what? I'm I'm just going to sit here on my break." Or, you know, you normally go out to dinner once a week with your with your girlfriends or with your husband or with whatever, and you're you're you stop doing that all of a sudden. You just don't want to be around people as much. Or, you know, you used to love to do window shopping in the mall, and all of a sudden you're go you find that you don't even want to go there. You don't even want to go mm -hmm. through the stress of trying to find a parking spot. 
What that is is it's your brain's early warning system saying there's something wrong and I am going to pull you in to protect you because that's that's what the amygdala and RAS are for. I'm going mm-hmm. to pull you in and protect you until this danger passes. And that danger isn't always somebody, you know, lurking out of an alley down the street. That danger, the brain doesn't know the difference between the two. The brain's just telling that the body's under stress. So pay attention to those things. Actually stop and look at your life. Have you changed where you naturally used to be? And if so, what's going on that's causing you extra stress that your brain is is taking over and trying to protect you? So wow. some of the things to watch for. And it, a lot of times it just means bringing to our conscious mind, stopping and thinking, for a few minutes because we get so stressed and we get so busy going day to day, minute to minute, hour to right. hour, that we don't stop to really pay attention what's happening in, in my body. Those are the early warning signs. And then, of course, it gets more serious into actual physical dysfunctions and, you know, digestive issues and all kinds, you know, skin issues, things like that. Those are all manifestations of too much stress or can be manifestations, I should say, of too much stress in your life. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Now, let's shift a little bit. So, we, you guys, we talked about a lot of stuff with regards to your brain health, the different areas of your brain that, you know, you need to tap into and realize that when you're in a stress state, this stress is affecting these areas of your brain and it's basically cutting your life shorter than it needs to be. Um, let's shift into um, some things that, you know, we as ordinary human beings, and I loved how you you said, you know, pay attention to your shoulders and do a shoulder check-in. That's something really simple. You guys out there listening right now, where are your shoulders? Are they up by your ears? Do you feel a lot of tension in your upper back, neck, shoulders? That might be an indication or let me rephrase that, that is an indication that you're operating in a stress state. Now, what I want Julie now to do is just share with us some practical things that each of us can do to help us to reduce or manage our stress better so that the little whispers that our body is telling us don't become big shouts that we really actually have to pay attention to because we've caused a depleted immune system that now has manifested an illness or disease within us. So can you just enlighten us on some nuggets of gold that we can take away and begin using immediately today. Absolutely. Okay, I love this part because some of these things <laughs> are not just simple things. They're fun things. They're things that are good. They're, they're things that you're going to enjoy. It's not like, oh, you have to eat this very restrictive diet. You know, it's it's literally things that are simple to do and that are fun to do. Um, laughter is huge. Okay, it is amazing the the beneficial, the health benefits and the brain health benefits to laughter. It is definitely a stress reducer. So I tell people, pick out, especially if you're one of these that loves the Internet, right, <laughs> you know, pick out two or three um, of your favorite YouTube channel people or favorite comedy people and spend just a couple minutes starting your day off laughing. Watch that short mm. little video. Read that, you know, read that page in your joke book, whatever it is that you've been to that you really like doing. Get the endorphins going first thing in the morning because that's what laughter does. 
So that's one one key. Laugh as much as, and as often as you possibly can. I very rarely see a movie that does not have comedy attached to it. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to go to the movies and be depressed. You know, I want more stuff right. in my life. I'm like I want, you. I'm like you. Yeah. I don't want to go watch the, the, the chick flick where everybody's crying. I want to go laugh my behind <laughs> exactly. off, right? Exactly. That's one of the reasons why I love cartoons. You know, I, you always laugh. Oh, my anyway. God. Laughter, huge. Um, Deep breathing and meditation, huge, huge. Okay, most people do not realize, and especially this happens especially so if you are in a stress state, um, we don't use the full capacity of our lungs. The average person who has never had musical training does not use the full capacity of their lungs. You know, so it's something that they have just simply taking deep breaths Breathing deep, um, roll your shoulders at the same time. And if you just do that for a couple of minutes, two or three times throughout the day, you're going to be releasing the tension. Um, You're also increasing that oxygen flow to the brain. And when you increase the oxygen flow to the brain, it carries micronutrients and glucose and all these other things that are going to also help you to to just create some great balance in your brain. So those are a couple. Physical activity, and it doesn't have to be um, huge, long, you know, yes, have an exercise routine. We all know that's that's good for for cardiovascular health and so on and so forth. But the benefits of just walking, just simply walking, are huge. And science is showing us, they've been doing some studies uh on the difference between walking in, say, walking around the block in your in your city or where you work versus walking uh, in nature. And there is definitely a difference in the effect on the brain when you're walking in nature. So I tell people, if you're going to, on your lunch break, spend half your lunch break walking, uh, going out, clearing your head. It doesn't even have to be a power walk, but just a nice walk. Uh, if you don't have nature close to you, if you aren't close to nature trails, then Go out and walk, um, you know, find the nearest park to where you are working and try to walk for 10 or 15 minutes uh, on your lunch break there and, and after work if you can. Walking has a tremendously positive effect on neurochemistry and it will definitely reduce your stress. Um, let's see, I, I mentioned the deep breathing and the meditation. Expand on the meditation a little bit. Try to do that for 5 or 10 minutes every day. Uh, it's really good to do that in the evenings before you go to sleep because by doing that, you're actually relaxing your whole body. And it doesn't have to be, you know, really deep transcendental type meditation, but just becoming just mindful meditation where you're just completely aware of the right now, taking deep breaths, feeling every muscle in your body relax. That's going to do great things for releasing the tension. And whenever you're releasing that tension, you're releasing that stress, you're reducing that anxiety, and that's creating positive chemical responses in the brain. So those are a few that you can walk out right now and implement and do in your life that's going to that's going to start reducing your stress every single day. Um, so those are some tidbits I could keep going, but I think I'd take up the whole rest of the show. No, that's great. I mean, um, I think, you know, you mentioned some really good things. I really like starting your day with laughter. Um, very, you know, important. And it, it is good. You feel good. I remember when I was a teenager, um, 
you know, and you think you know everything and you're grown and all of that stuff. And me and my girlfriends do sit around and probably do stuff we shouldn't have been doing at the time. But <laughs> however, we would be, we would turn on back in the day, we'd turn on the cassette player and record ourselves and we would just be <laughs> laughing and, you know, over stupid stuff. And then what was funny was, and I'm thinking how good medicine this was, but, you know, we record ourselves and have this like, it'd be an hour and a half. We just, you know, something stupid. Somebody would say something or somebody would fart or whatever. And we just crack up. And then we would stop the recording and then we would listen to it like days later. And the funniest thing was we'd be listening to it and we would start laughing again because we're like, that's so stupid. Why are we laughing about Why are we laughing about that? You know what I'm saying? It was just, it was amazing. And it's like, wow, you know, just and you feel good when you laugh. I mean, mm-hmm. you do have a release of all those feel-good hormones. And, you know, I tell people, you know, sometimes if you don't have something funny in your life or you're in a, you know, pretty serious spot on your path to bliss, you know, just fake the laugh because your brain and body doesn't know if it's for real or not. And if mm-hmm. you fake the laugh, pretty soon you start laughing and it's, it becomes for real, you know, like the smile thing. You know, I'd say, you know, smile, fake it till you make it, smile. It still helps you to release those endorphins, those feel-good endorphins without having to reach for drugs or alcohol to get that feeling. It's natural, but it does so much good for your body. So you guys out there listening, if you don't have nothing to laugh about, fake it. Just start laughing, just a fake laugh, and watch. You'll start laughing at yourself because you sound so funny faking it that it becomes real. <laughs> I mean, it becomes real, right, Julie? Yep. I mean, you're the brain lady. Yep. It's funny. There's this, this little practice that we do sometimes when, when I hold my big events, and, and it's just laughter therapy. And I tell everybody in the beginning, just start, you know, just start laughing. I Just start laughing. And they're like, what are they going to laugh at? I said, you just fake it. You just do it. And then Within a couple of minutes, you're laughing at everybody in the room, and everybody's laughing at you, and everybody's laughing. And like you said, that fake laugh just transitions mm-hmm. into a real laugh. So it's the brain. You can train your brain to do some amazing things, and that's one of them. It's funny. I was at um, an event, and I never heard of I mean, you know, here I am, an Ayurvedic health practice, nurse practitioner, and so I'm all about the holistic thing, yoga, meditation, and pranayama, and deep breathing, and really engaging and getting in touch with your physical body and your mind, right? And so I'm at this event, and I don't know if you know Andrea J. Lee, but she had this event up in San Mateo, California, and she had this girl, this lady, who was just this most beautiful presence that she just emanated this beautiful energy and she had us do a yoga a laughing yoga which is pretty much the same thing you just start laughing and um and it was so funny because everybody was looking at each other like what the heck is she talking about what laugh but you know and then pretty soon she started laughing and then um and then everybody started laughing, and before you knew it, it was just like laughter for days. The whole room was effervescent with this like volcano erupting of laughter, and then we couldn't stop. You know, it's like a, but afterwards, when you settled down. Everyone, they looked better. They looked vibrant. The energy of each person in the room mm-hmm. was really beautiful and magnificent, and just emanated 
positive goodness, you know. And then the conference went on, and it was just this wonderful, beautiful thing. And then the next time we convened, it was like, can we do that yoga laughing again? And it was just like, right. it, you know, and it's so funny. You get this information, and then you do it, but then you forget how beneficial it is. And so I'm just going to make a heartfelt request to all of the listeners is, you know, follow what Julie, the brain lady, says. If you can't do the meditation or you can't remember to do deep breathing or whatever, laugh. Just take Mm -hmm. five seconds, ten seconds, whatever you want out of your day. You can even use that darn smartphone and set a timer. And when that (laughs) ping goes off, just start laughing. Who cares if people think you're crazy? Because you could think they're crazy, too, because they're not laughing and you got the jokes on them, right? But you will feel so much better. Before we go, though, I want you to share one thing um, that we can do to help someone that we know, love, and care about, or even those that we don't like, um, (laughs) that we can do to help to reduce or manage their stress. Well, it's really... Trying to, the more positive you are, like you said, you know, the laughter is contagious. Smiles are contagious. We have these great things that uh, they discovered. They actually discovered them first in dogs, of all things. You know how dogs respond to mm-hmm. a person's emotion so much? There are these little things that they discovered in the brain called mirror neurons. And we automatically, this is why if you're talking to someone and they yawn, you have a tendency to yawn too. It's because you're mimicking, you're mirroring what's your mirror neurons in your brain kicked into gear and you're you're mimicking that that you see. So by your your actual actions yourself, that's the first and the biggest thing that you can do is to you know, share that laughter. Um Share the share the walk. Have somebody, you know, you've got somebody that's stressed out in your life, say, let's go for a walk 15 minutes, if you see them that often, you know, if it's someone in your family. Let's just walk for 10 or 15 minutes every evening. It's, it's going to help them. Um, remind them when you see there, you know, you can see tension in a person's body. You, you can feel it sometimes. You know, you can feel that tension. Mm-hmm. Um, when you recognize that in someone that you love, Tell them, hey, you know what? You seem like you're a little tense. Why don't you? Let's just take a deep breath. And if you physically do it right then, it's going to help them to physically do it. And you roll your shoulders, and they're they're going to tend to copy what you're doing. You know, if you're if you're constantly telling someone in a negative way, you know, you're way too stressed out. You're killing me. You know, knock this off. That's not mm-hmm. going to be. That's not going to have a positive reaction. You want to be doing and encouraging the positive, which means you have to put that that energy out to them. And just, you know, help them as much as you can to do, include them in the same things. You know, have them, send them the, you know, <laughs> again, you know, here we're using technology and I just talked about how bad it was. But, you know, send them that, <laughs> right, send them that link to the YouTube video. I'm constantly doing that. You know, maybe it's the the dog doing a funny thing. The latest thing that I found that's adorable is this English bulldog that just rolls down this hill, and at first you think he's falling, and you're thinking, oh, this poor dog, and then you realize he keeps running up the hill and deliberately rolling down. It's the cutest thing, but it makes you laugh. You know, you send those things out. You share that laughter, and you share those funny things, or you share those funny quotes, or, you know, if it's a spouse or somebody in your house, children or something like that, um, help them to disconnect from 
too much technology and do more interactive, have game nights. Boy, growing up with my boys, I have three teenagers, or I have three boys. When they were teenagers, mm-hmm. actually throughout most of their life, we had a game night a couple times a month, and we would invite their friends over, and we'd play the real games. You know, we'd play the card games, or we'd play right. play Jenga, or we'd play, you know, these silly, you know, Taboo charades. or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anything like that. Um, categories, whatever it is, we'd play things that are interactive and are physical and are bonding and all that. Needless to say, all that creates a ton of laughter, right? So doing things like that where you're just creating like, this huge atmosphere around you that is incredibly positive and you're studying by example, doing those correct things with your kids and doing them with your, you know, the, your spouses, your significant others, your your great friends. Um, those are the things that are really going to help them because sometimes they don't, like I said, we don't always notice when we're in stress. You said that, right? Most right. people go through life and they don't even know it. So when you recognize it, instead of, you know, you call it to their attention, yes, but do so in a positive way with, you know, what can I do to help and then be active in engaging in that rather than saying, you know what, you're making me mad because you're too stressed out. You know, that's that's counterproductive. <laughs> perfect, perfect way to close. So now you guys out there, you got some nuggets of gold, you got some wisdom behind the nuggets of gold, you got some information and intelligence to help you to understand why it's so important to utilize these nuggets of gold within your life for your brain health, your physical health, your your health of your immune system. Julie, how can they, meaning the listeners out there, connect with you? They can. I'm on all. <laughs> I'm all on, on all the social media outlets. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, if you're an active social media uh, person, I am Purple Brain Lady on Facebook, at Brain Lady on Twitter, um, Brain Lady on LinkedIn. But it, better just email me. You know, shoot me an email at info. So I N F O at your best mind online dot com. Your best mind online.com and connect with me that way you know i i i think i have a little something, something do, I, do i tell them that now that i have a you little can, something yeah go ahead okay <laughs> so i'm going to give all of the listeners i i'm actually going to give them a little bit more than what i just i i had told um, um rochelle that i was going to give you guys a the mp3 a complimentary download of the mp3 happy brain healthy life so it just covers just some great ways to keep your brain healthy and happy. So I'll give you that. But you know what I'll also give you is I have um, a tip sheet of 21 habits that you can create for a healthier brain. And it's it's got a lot of stuff in there about how to uh, reduce your stress and a little bit of the science behind it. So I'll send you that PDF as well, you know, just the 21 habits. So there are 21 things that you can start right now, today, in your life, to improve your health and happiness. So I'll I'll give you guys both those. So shoot me an email. Wonderful. I want to thank you, Julie, the Brain Lady Anderson, for being a wonderful guest on Blissful Living. And um, you guys out there, again, connect with her at info, I-N-F like Frank O, at yourbestmindonline.com. Pick up your free gifts, communicate with her, engage with her, work with her, whatever you need to do to activate your brain from a negative state and to a positive state so that you can go 
and put your best foot forward as you travel down your path to bliss. And with that, I'd like to close the show and say thank all of you for taking time out to listen to us. We had a phenomenal time. As you can say, we were laughing. And so, you know, we are not stressed at all, and our brain is loving it, and our body is too. But thank all of you for listening to Blissful Living. I'm Rochelle Marie Lawson, the queen of feeling fabulous. And as always, I'm wishing you peace to your mind, wellness to your body, and tranquility to your spirit. And goodbye for now. You can find out more about Rochelle on her website, Rochelle Lawson, R-O-C-H-E-L-E, Lawson, L-A-W-S-O-N, or at healthhealingwellness.com. Or just click on her websites from the webtalkradio.net page right in front of you. And, of course, you'll want to come right back here next week for another episode of Blissful Living. Thanks for joining us.